come to be my mutants. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat with Brothers Comic. Join us every week as we walk through classic X-Men stories. Join Big Hutch, the producer, Sandman, and Brother Beavis as we take a trip down Gray Martin Lane. Come to me, my mutants. Are you ready? Let's do it. Phoenix Saga, got through the Dark Phoenix Saga, and last week we did a, a kind of a side-off of Doctor Doom, who China made an appearance in the X-Men comic books. Um, this week, as always, I have at least two of my uh, compadres. Uh, we have Sandman on the line. Say what's up, Sandman. Konnichiwa, my mutants. How are y'all? All right. <laughs> Japanese this week. <laughs> and, I was going to say bitches, but that, that do storyline doesn't come till later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then we also have Brother Beavis on the line oh, as well. Say what's, what's up, Brother Beavis. muties? Oh, man, just <laughs> chilling. Absolutely chilling. Uh, so tonight we are going to only tackle one issue of the Uncanny X-Men, and it's a uh, like an anniversary issue because it's issue number 150, and it's a Magneto story. Uh, and so we'll get to that here in a second. But just as a review, we last left off at issue, I think, 140. Seven or 148 as the Seven. Doctor Doom, 147, okay, so as the Doctor Doom saga came to an end, there's a two-issue mm-hmm. pause um, of uh, absolute filler. Um, one <laughs> is something with, I think, what is it, Caliban and the Morlocks and Spider-Woman. And the Morlocks, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolute filler issue. And then I think one of the other issues is... Um, uh, I think one. What what is one forty eight? It's Garrock. It's a mop up of their last experience um, in Savage Land. Savage okay. Land, yeah. 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 Uh, just a couple of filler issues trying to get to one fifty. But in those two issues, it's leading up to a a main plot point in one fifty. Now, after Jean Grey's death, Cyclops is a man all to himself, and he leaves the X Men and he goes on in an exploration. Um, Apparently for pussy because um, <laughs> he's a man all to himself plus whatever yeah. bitches he finds along the way. Exactly. There you because go. He truly cannot be by himself, and his grieving process is minimal <laughs> at best. His grieving um, process involves finding new girlfriends. I don't exactly. think he had a grieving process. Yeah. No. Yeah. So he's he's out there. He uh, there's the cry despair issue with Man Thing, and he meets uh, this Alex Forrester. Uh, which sounds like a name from somebody from the Bold and the Beautiful, by the way. But not that I ever watched it. <laughs> um, and uh, so this lady is, um, he winds up being a, a, a first mate on her ship and all the things that goes on with him as he's sailing on her ship throughout like Louisiana and other parts unknown in, in the sea and whatever. Um, but as a part of that, somehow they get washed ashore onto this island. It's an island that Magneto um has kind of resurrected for himself and mutants, uh, not Muir Island or anything like that, but um, that's basically where 150 picks up, where Cyclops and um, uh, Alex is are on this island. That that a fair recap, Brother Beavis? Yeah, there's two things of significance. Is like uh, Angel like halfway threatens to leave, and it's not clear whether he's actually leaving or not, but he never shows up again. It's like, right. dude, I'm out of oh. here. I'm like, all right, see you. 
Uh, <laughs> and the other thing I was telling Sandman right before you got on is the end of 148 has just a spectacular Magneto pose. He has got like <laughs> his pimped out tidy purples on. He's got like the, the, the old man at the gym stance with one knee up. Just nice. pure pimp Magneto 148 full size page reveal. It's just spectacular. Nice. And that's and we're going to get into it with Magneto. And, like, the last podcast I had said that I wasn't really a fan of Magneto. Like, this version of Magneto I'm okay with until we get to the end. Um, and then and I'll get to this once we get down with the issue. But there's a lot of uh, post-150, the the Kitty Pride push continues. I mean, I was just kind of mm-hmm. scrolling through the covers. I would say mm-hmm. within the next five issues, she appears on three covers prominently. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that's not good. So we'll be skipping yeah, any Kitty Pride types of um, uh, <laughs> any Kitty Pride centric episodes and issues. We will be skipping because um, the character yeah. it's, at its early infancy is so awful. Um, but the cover for 150, <laughs> uh, you see Cyclops fighting against Magneto, shooting his optic blast. Magneto's got his his um, shield up, magnetic shield, yeah. his magnetic shield, and then you see Mammy Storm clutching uh, Kitty Pride, you know, <laughs> because somebody done hurt my missus, um, and, and that's where we get into the issue, and we get this huge splash page, I know, stop me before I get started, um, there's a couple of problematic moments in this, by the way, um, that I just saw, regarding Storm, like, just, you know, not, nothing overt, Secret Wars over, um, but just a couple of like, dang it, why would they do that? And of course, my freaking right. app is not working to scroll through my issue here, uh, so I'll have to go another route. But yeah, so we'll get started here. The first part of the book opens up with Magneto basically threatening all the world leaders that um, he wants full political power of every country in the in the world, and if you don't cede it to him, he's going to destroy you. That's basically it. You get all, all these, um, you know, kind of realistic shots of world leaders at the time. You get Reagan as that. Mm-hmm. I guess was that uh, is that Gorbachev at this point? I can't remember. No, that's Gorbachev. Uh, Brezhnev. 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 Okay. You get, oh yeah, Reagan, Brezhnev, whoever's the leaders of some other countries. Um, right. And basically, Magneto's made a holographic form to him for them to be able to see. Magneto's uh, powers are a little nebulous um, in these as books too, and. Um, and basically Scott and Alex are there, you know, listening to him and Scott, you know, essentially saying, well, I, we're going to have to stop you. Now, Scott doesn't have his uh, his ruby quartz lenses, he doesn't, which contain his powerful optic glass. And um, which, without <laughs> which, he would, you know, potentially kill whoever he likes. It's a running joke now. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, he does have uh, a spectacular outfit, though. Yeah, and and I didn't really understand that either. I didn't understand the opulence of the outfits of the, the prisoners, because uh, usually prisoners yeah. don't get like this kind of garb. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of noticed mm-hmm. that too. Maybe that was the punishment. Like, if I put you in this, you're not going anywhere. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you want to get off this island looking like a pirate bitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. See you, Good luck with that. Cause you're going to get your mm-hmm. ass kicked. Looking like a freaking... Uh, Go back to New York and you get your ass whooped. Yeah. 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 Looking like a, a YMCA reject. So, um, that's, I mean, that's basically where it is. The X-Men have 
kind of gone out themselves to look for Scott and G- or Scott or no, excuse me. They yes, they got a distress signal for Cyclops, and they're out there looking for him. So they're out on a boat with um, Doctor Corbo, who's actually a, an old friend. And I, I, you know, I didn't never, it never kind of yeah. dawned on me that he was in that as well as the stuff, uh, the Phoenix Saga stuff. And I didn't know why he was an old friend. And Moria McTaggart, as they're out there doing a search for uh, Cyclops um, after his little distress signal. And looking to stop Magneto. I mean, that's basically where we are. Hold on, I'm trying to pull up my issue here because yeah. So there's a there's a sequence here where he um so Magneto is talking shit about uh (laughs) about Jean Grey and Cyclops is like she's dead and then he's like oh my bad yeah. And Cyclops yeah. doesn't doesn't really want to hear that, and then my, yeah. Magneto doubles down on being an asshole, and then we have sort of the sinking of the sub incident, which I which I think yeah. is the subject of the trial of Magneto later. But this is yeah. one of the the yeah, incidents this, that this they was, put at the feet of Magneto. Yeah, mm-hmm. this they used this in a lot of books for anything dealing with Magneto for years. After this, they with the Avengers, anything that dealt with them um, fighting Magneto, they they mentioned this incident a lot. So it's a fairly uh, big. Uh, um, incident in, in uh, comics as far as and this, is, goes. and this is where I was saying about like this is the version of Magneto I like that's like mm-hmm. evil like you know right. over time they start to you know because by the time we get to issue 200 which is the trial of Magneto like he's a full on good guy and he's actually you know the headmaster at the school yeah. and right. you know it's it, it, you know I mean 50 issues is you know a few years don't get me wrong but it's also it's like, man, you know, making your greatest enemy your, you know, your greatest ally, you know, that only <laughs> is going to go so far because eventually you've got to turn him back heel. Like, you can't keep him as a good guy. And what right. they've done to Magneto after, essentially after this moment, is they keep flip-flopping him back and forth um, yep. and making him more powerful every time he becomes a heel. But they just keep flip-flopping him back and forth. And I think over time it has diminished the 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 villain that he is. Because every time he does something wrong, he remembers, you know, oh, wait, you know, my family, the the gas chambers, the this and that, you know, that's when he remembers. Like, nigga, you didn't remember that before? When you was dropping, <laughs> you know, EMPs on people and taking yeah, right. adamantium out of skeletons and stuff? Like, you didn't know that then? <laughs> I think so, the sequence like, where they, where they, where he, you know, tries to do Avalon and, and Asteroid M, and I think that's sort of consistent with sort of where he is now. But they reach a point where they like they have to bring him back harder every time, and it's like, well, did he for you know he forget everything like that you know he, everything that turned him face in the first point? You know, so they mm-hmm. the flip flopping does become more and more extreme. Yeah, it's just you know I mean, like I said, at this version I'm always been a big fan of. He's evil, and uh, that's that. Back to your remark about. Um, uh, Jean Grey dying or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm truly sorry. I was thinking of some little Richard Pryor dog joke, too. It's like, damn. I was trying to fuck her, too. <laughs> she died? Uh, what? Like, damn. damn. Oh, go fuck Never her, got too. my chance. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know why I thought about that when I heard you say that. Um, yeah, so we transitioned through. Oh gosh, darn it! I hate reading this on my computer. I'm not a big fan of digital comics, if you didn't know. Uh, yes, but the thinking <laughs> of the sub incident, um, 
and yes, it will become the, the part of the trial for Magneto. And the, the, there's some great freaking faces that are in the background from Cochran here. So if you see uh-huh. Scott with his inability to stop him there, he's just like, no, you can't, Magneto, let them alone. Like his face yeah. and his his frustration, yeah. it comes out well. And you're going to see him even more so with Xavier when he's um, trying to stop him with his uh, with his mental powers or whatever. Mental powers, so, mm-hmm. But Magneto, again, is is benevolent. benevolent. He doesn't actually kill all these people, and he doesn't actually let the city burn from the, the volcano that he erected from the bottom of the city. You know, he allows them to evacuate and threatens them again. Like, if you start this shit again, I won't be so benevolent next time. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Uh, and then, of course, the X-Men have to make their entrance into this. Now, the team that is constructed, again, is the essentially the original cast of New X-Men plus Kitty Pride. Um, I'm not sure why she's on a mission. Again, she's been a part of the team essentially post-Jean Grey, so 137. I think she snuck into this one, actually. Is that what that was? Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure about that, but I think she was told to stay back and she snuck in. Or, or she pulled that last time. Oh, I think she might have pulled that last time. And because that went so well, they're like, well, you can just come with us this time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it didn't go well. Um, (laughs) So as they enter into Magneto airspace, the Blackbird is, uh, or, yeah, the Blackbird is all messed up. The controls are frozen. Of course, Wolverine was up getting a sandwich. I'm like, that's... And I read this, I was like, word, man. That's why he was up. He couldn't be taking a piss. Couldn't get a beer. Like, last time I saw it, he was getting a sandwich. <laughs> and so, I don't know why he didn't send Nightcrawler to get it. Oh, oh man. Damn, yeah, go fetch me mm. a sandwich, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fetch me a sandwich. Teleport you um, around uh-huh. back to the kitchen. Yeah, with some great <laughs> pond, bitch. <laughs> uh, so... Oh. Yeah, so Wolverine is loose, um, and he winds up cracking Storm upside the head with his adamantium laser. Adamantium skull, yeah. Yeah, and now she's passed out, and then the ship is in an absolute free fall. Nobody knows what to do. Uh, Colossus tries to turn, or turns into his uh, metal self and tries to just will it to happen with this brute strength. It doesn't happen. And then we get this scene where um, uh, Missy wakes up Manny, uh, from her unconscious state. <laughs> Storm, wake up, please. I don't know what the others to know, but I'm scared. I don't want to die. Please, Oral, there's just so little time. She's like, ow, my head. Don't shout, kitten. And then it's like, what the fuck? And she's able to, to put it. <laughs> pretty much she's able to, that's pretty much it. And she's able to put something up to kind of prevent them from falling all the way in. They get real inconsistent. And you mentioned this too, Brother Beavis, about like Storm, when she uses her powers, her eyes go white. But sometimes they are, and sometimes they aren't. And there's a couple of scenes in this where her eyes, she doesn't have her powers once they get to uh, in Magneto's uh, lair, that her right. eyes are all whited over. Um, so just that kind of weird inconsistency. Yeah. Um, but Yeah, but they get into the water, and then they're down. Um, and then that shifts to the scene with Xavier, Dr. Corbo, and Moira McTaggart uh, looking for uh, Scott. Um, now, to reference back to that scene that you said, I, now with Sky, Cyclops coming back to the X-Men as they're riding him back in after being out for, you know, about a year, um, mm-hmm. they had Angel. 
and now they're really just exchanging one original for another because Angel doesn't really come back. And his his primary reason that he explains in that issue is that because Wolverine's on the team and Wolverine's a killer and, you know, so I can't work with that psycho and basically he takes off and literally to not be seen again for a very long time. Um, we all agree, though, Angel sucks, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Nobody <laughs> so, yeah. No, nobody's missing him. And if you look, if you go back and listen to these podcasts, like his ability to do anything in these issues is always compromised because he sucks. Very limited <laughs> at best. His Marvel card is awful as well, and he just can't do anything. So getting him out of the book is probably the best thing that happens for the team. He literally added nothing except for money that I think, remember in Kitty's episode where she destroys the mansion with the demon, I think um, uh, Warren had to pay for for the repairs for the mansion. So this is crazy. So, yeah, so they're looking for them. um, And now that the the X-Men are at the bottom of the ocean and a coral reef, they're trying to get back. Now, Storm's costume over in the Magneto, in the Doctor Doom saga, and in this one, too, the, the unstable molecules, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she goes from, from in uniform, then this one, she goes into a bathing suit, like, real yeah, fast. Yeah, straight up bathing suit, yeah. Yeah, like, into a bikini. I mean, then later on, uh-huh. at the end of the issue, is kind of with that, too. So, this is kind of interesting. Uh, and then Colossus is like, well, I'm just going to walk to the island because there's two miles of swimming to go. Um, Nobody's going to make no joke about Storm being able to swim, right? <laughs> <laughs> or Nightcrawler. That is just, or we, Nightcrawler. We're gonna, uh, yeah, we're just going to let that slide, huh? And they all took off their shoes. Like, none of them had yeah, shoes on. That, that, I, thought, I thought about that, too. And how did they just all bring Wolverine with his metal, metal skeleton, by the way? Yeah, yeah well, it should be very difficult for Wolverine. Well, to win. Like they've shown that they're going to get into another, another problem yeah. with him. Like, they're, like, there's the whole thing with, like, his, his claw. Like, he can't pop his claws without being in pain and bleeding. They're not right. at that point in the story, whereas we're going to yeah. see. But, yeah, right. they are. Yes, and that was one of my notes, too, when we got to that. But, yes, yeah, so like Colossus is thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to go back. If you look He's at that panel, though, backpack, by his, the way. well, that, too. But look how skinny his legs are. <laughs> Colossus <laughs> missed leg day forever, man. Like, he never <laughs> made leg day. Um, but, yeah, so he's going to start the walking, but because Magneto has this inhibitor field that uh, affects all mutants' powers except his own, a Colossus turns back into his human form, and then he's starting to drown, and uh, he calls out to Aurora, too, because, of course, you know, she, I'm going to say it's because she's the leader, not because she's the mammy version for all of these people. And, uh, you know, you get a little cut scene. And this is probably where it would have ended if it wasn't a double size issue because it's issue number 150. But it's not. And then um, the X-Men are making their uh, assault on into, the, into Magneto's fortress. Um, Wolverine's the first one to make it. He throws Alex into the water because he's a dick. Um, and then they start to make their way in. Uh, now she knows all about Cyclops's um, past life. Um, she knows even about Gene. She knows about the X Men. She knows all of these things. So when they're there, even though she hears the names and whatnot, it's not a real big surprise. She doesn't get scared or anything like that. But uh, yeah, everybody's good. And then there's a re uh, a CPR scene, you know, for Colossus because he'd been underwater for so long. 
Now, of course, Kitty learned CPR at the JCC, you know, at the Jewish Community Center, I'm sure. And um, <laughs> she's able to give Colossus, you know, so doing mouth to mouth with um, with Wolverine to getting, you know, back to life. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's supposed to be some drama here. I, I, the funny thing is, is that, you know what, Colossus died because he drowned. Like I don't know that that's ever going to be a com- like a comic book. <laughs> when, you open, when you open the Marvel Encyclopedia, like, oh, how did he die? He drowned. Never gonna happen. Never gonna happen, man. I was just like, okay. Uh, they, I mean, again, like thirteen-year-old me is like, oh shit, they're gonna kill Colossus, and knowing my inability to swim and shit, like, mom, this shit is real, son. <laughs> I told you that me. water was gonna get you. Oh, I told you, brushing ass and that getting that water, man. You from a landlocked country? You don't need to fuck with that water. Um, but obviously, <laughs> but obviously, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's um, great. That's great. Yeah, so yeah, so they're getting back to life, and then Wolverine's gonna make this little. Shoes. Just still without shoes. Yeah, and he's going to also shoes. make this um, uh, discovery of Cyclops, who they haven't seen in over a year. You know, since Jean Grey died, they have not seen Cyclops since he walked out after the funeral. Uh, and so right. there should be some rejoicing. Now, my issue here is now once Cyclops becomes in back involved in this, Storm goes back to being second banana. It's automatically assumed that Cyclops is the leader of the X Men, even though he hadn't been there in a year. Because once yeah. they start battling Magneto, all the orders that are coming out are coming straight from Cyclops. And now I know, I mean, later, later on, this will eventually blow up between them two after Storm loses her powers. But there's a little kind of dust up here and a few issues later here where, um, you know, this is an issue. Because, like, who's going to lead the team after he gets re-inter- reintroduced back onto the X-Men? Especially once we get to them fighting the... Um, uh, the brood here in a few issues. Um, I think they do so, speak to it a little bit. They like, I think she either has a thought bubble or they actually talk to it. And, but she's like, you know, either it's like he has more experience with Magneto or since we don't have our powers or whatever, or since he's already been on the Island or there's, I think there is some like rationalization of right now. And I think in the episodes to come, like he does defer to her. Like I know, the the one with where the Sidri hunters and her and Corsair in it, I know he mm-hmm. like he abdicates to her a lot, but yeah, it, right. it doesn't it doesn't last yeah. forever. No, uh, it definitely creates a little bit of tension, and in, in a good way, I think for the team um, as those issues start to move forward. Um, but yes, hey, he's back. We love you, Cyclops. You know, everybody's there's much rejoicing. And even he gets a hug from Aurora, whose costume has again evolved from a two piece now to a monokini. Um, it's just weird and it's just one of those things that's weird I learned and then um, uh, Cyclops has to review everybody like okay this is what's happening but then there's this line here like hey we don't have our powers but you know we all got other skills or whatever look we all possess skills that have nothing to do with being mutants I'm a strategist Storm was a thief damn it (laughs) (laughs) Nightcrawler was an acrobat Wolverine has claws. Colossus has natural strength. Kitty has her intelligence. Um, one of these things is doing their own thing, man. That's <laughs> um, Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. she's a thief. Yeah, she's yeah. a thief. She'll be breaking into shit. 
Uh, yeah, and that's just it, it's a little bit it's, it, it's just red I mean, and again they've laid track for that it's not like we're first hearing about Storm being a thief at you know an SG 150 they've laid the track for it but it's still just kind of weird she couldn't have been a locksmith or something like yeah, that couldn't have been, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> she's you know uh, Storm is like stealthy uh, yeah. she's uh, you know got I don't know she's a master spy uh, something probably could use a different adjective um, yeah they so. could have they could have, but no. but they didn't. Yeah, so they're basically trying to figure out how to turn off all of Magneto's stuff. And now nobody thinks like, "Hey, man, where's the fucking, where's the the, the fuse box? Can we just destroy the fuse box? No, <laughs> ain't no fuse box, huh? Where the plug? Can we just pull the plug out of shit? No, nobody <laughs> that. Now we gotta destroy like everything to try to get it there, or destroy the computers, or do something along those lines. It's a really convoluted plot that basically try to turn off this so Magneto can't um, uh, power up all of his uh, stuff to destroy the world, basically. Here's here's another mystery power of Magneto, like the ability to build ridiculously complex uh, bases (laughs) with all their technology and no no staff, no construction team. (laughs) I remember in uh, Marvel Super Heroes game, yeah, that was actually one of his uh, skills uh, and an earthly ability. He can build machines. Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I remember reading that, and I was like, what the hell? Are you serious? So, I mean, wow. dude was like, yeah, he was a, basically a god. <laughs> couldn't yeah. Magneto, basically. Well, um, I mean, which, yeah. I mean, and Magneto also, um, and this kind of come up later, is like Magneto also has the ability to sleep through fuck anything. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, at, a, at a shift X or Z uh, ability, it's just, <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of shit going on in your house, and you just laid out in the bed like nothing. And we, they, and Marvel did answer the question that uh, uh, Magneto does sleep commando, basically too. <laughs> yeah. if, it was, if it was ever an issue, uh, I think that is solved also in this one. Um, that but he, he keeps that hel- he keeps that helmet right by the bed, just in case. Always, just in Always. case. Yeah, man. Yeah, shoot, and came mess with that. Building a fucking psychopath base with computers and shit takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah, <laughs> man. Get I, ain't time, that. I ain't got time to put my drawers on. I'm just gonna pass that right here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so take uh, Cyclops, Scooby Doo's the team and puts all the men together and all, and see, separates and leaves all the ladies together, which really doesn't make any sense because it's Storm with no powers and a white chick. Um, and Kitty, it's so, a and thief, Kitty. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, ship's captain, and computer and, person. Yeah, and so when yeah. the police roll up, guess who's getting shot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thief, <laughs> because um, there's just no there's no way of getting around that one. Um, so yeah, so the Magneto has this complex base. They're coming in to destroy it. The artwork is kind of weird in this. Like when he does these yeah. pullout uh, shots. Like where people look real weird, it's just—it's almost yeah. as if they were like, like you could right. tell that this issue was on under duress to get it out. Like, well, okay, well we need this panel. Well, can I just draw them from far away and like make them like a real tiny, almost like toy-like figures because I don't have time to get this done. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's all Scooby-Doo team. They break in, um, and then Kitty is a three, is they have three artists credited on this. Okay, that makes Rubenstein and Rob Wyatt. Okay, that makes sense, man, yeah. because it just looks yeah. weird in certain parts. 
Can, yeah. can we talk about uh, Sprite's? Because she's Sprite at this point. Can we talk about Sprite's awful freaking costume here? Oh, uh, yeah. I was wondering if you were going to mention that. Yeah, it's, uh, of course. it's bad. It's like yeah. every color of the rainbow, basically, ain't it? Yeah, and she's got the um, what's the Huntress mask. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, it's just, I mean. Gold, yeah. It's a green, gold, red. I, I, I don't know every color you. Think. I mean, Purple. I have no idea what they were thinking with this character. I just don't. I mean, like I said, they redeem it so much later. Like when in Astonishing X Men, she is actually somebody that you could actually care about as a character. But again, that's thirty five years later almost. But mm-hmm. the early Kitty Pride is just just god awful, man. They were kind of making that up as they went with her. Yeah. They really had trouble establishing the identity, and that's and that's where you get the name changes, the costume changes, and all this. So right, and and then they, and then they always fall back on like, well, she's thirteen, she's thirteen, she's thirteen. It's like, but you've given her this that she's super intelligent as well. So if she's a thirteen-year-old genius, she should be able mm-hmm. to figure out something, like yeah. something, yeah, yeah. like besides like something. Well, she the, the other thing we talked about, so like awkward. See, we talked about like seeing yourself in in comics and TV and stuff like that. So like, you know, on the one hand, I get like so when they first think about the X Men, they were all kids, and this was the you know this was the hipster kids who were rebelling, and they were the X Men or whatever. So now you have this this new team, and even though they're older, even though that's really probably only like nineteen or twenty or whatever, like right. w- what purpose does Kitty Pryde serve, like? You know, she's not. I, I can't believe there's a lot of people like like we. You know, we're really not getting the teenage girls to read this comic, and Kitty Pryde will do it for us. So I'm not really sure yeah. what she's trying to accomplish. But X Men has gone back and back to the like the the young girl is right. like the face of the reader, introducing the reader to the established team with with Kitty Pryde and Jubilee. And I don't I don't right. know why they keep going back to that. I don't know that's effective. Uh, and and it creates characters out of nowhere, and you know to use that internet term, you know making them like kind of a Mary Sue, that yeah. they come in, they don't know anything, but somehow they're able to save the day. And you know, well, right. you know, you're young kid, but you know I respect you. You know, dap it up. And mm-hmm. it's like you just not doing is the character oh, any good for a lot of that don't make her an X Men. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't recall the line, but I tried. And it's just like, you know, once you save the X-Men from, like, certain doom, then there's the only thing they could do is go downhill from there. And we, we can side rather topic, and I'm I'm writing the review for it. Uh, I picked up Champions number one uh, uh, this past week as well. Um, this is the new, essentially yeah. young Avengers was that team. Out? I was at the store. I didn't I was thinking about getting that too i didn't realize it was out already. yeah it's out it came out last week i think and yeah. it's yeah, um, it you know it's the young team it's nova it's miles morales spider-man it's uh the captain marvel that you don't Ms. Marvel. you know miss marvel. marvel yeah and yeah uh the other hog new cyclops hog, new Cy- well he's not right. in the first issue but yeah it's on the cover but he's not in it uh, and it's basically you know we don't we, we're breaking away from the established heroes and we're going to do our own thing um and my, the per, the basis of my article is basically Marvel comes back to this idea frequently as well, and DC does too, 
about bringing you young heroes because, like, well, they're young and they're different. But eventually they're going to fight against the established heroes and they're going to get, like, a count-out or over-the-top rope victory. But then mm-hmm. after that, it's all, it's all, it's all downhill because they're not going to replace the other people. I know it. Mm-hmm. You know it. We all mm-hmm. know it. Is anybody that's read a exactly. article for longer than five minutes would know this. And so now okay. you, 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 you cut the, 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 the momentum or you cut the, the establishment of that team out and it really just becomes a random book of, you know, young kids just doing young shit. And it's that, are you going to get young readers out of this? No, because the damn book is $4. So like, what is the mm-hmm. overall purpose of the book? Because again, like Kitty Pride, like you're, who are you bringing into? Who is looking at this and being like, "Yo, I'm a 13 year old Jewish girl. I've been waiting for my representation in comic books, and now this is there." Like, how many girls are that? Seven? Mm. Not I mean, many. Really, not many. And so, yeah. like, what 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 is the overall purpose of this? You know, again, if you're talking about representation in the book. Okay, that's fine, but I mean, there's plenty of X Men. I mean, you know, there's plenty of female X Men that you could go back to. So I just, I, I sometimes I just don't mm. get it. Uh, and I'd love to be in, a fly on the wall in some of these meetings to, for him to have them talk about it because I'm sure there's some reason that they do with Q ratings and we interviewed or surveyed or something like that and that made them decide to go in these general directions. Um, all right. So, yes, Storm, because she's a thief has made it into Magneto's, uh, his uh, bedroom, Magneto, straight commando. Um, and basically she gets into this, you know, the would you kill baby Hitler if you knew you had a chance scenario. And her cape and it plays back. out. And her cape is back, yes. Uh, and her, her, her pupils go from not there to not there to there. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah. So as the men are trying to destroy everything, Storm is trying to decide if she's going to kill Magneto. Um, you know, and again, it's, it is literally the baby Hitler thing. She's like, I could do it. You know, I did it before, but I promise not to kill again. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, all this undecided is like, you know, honestly, like a woman trying to decide what we're going to eat for dinner tonight. I don't know. What you want? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're never going to eat. I want this conversation to be over. <laughs> That's what I want. Oh my God! Can we chew this conversation? Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, like your lady time. What she's gonna wear? Oh my God! I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't oh, your costume just change over time? So it's whatever you need to be. Because to end this conversation. <laughs> oh my God! So the yeah. men are destroying everything. Uh, eventually they get it destroyed, uh, but we're going to see Magneto's shift Z power come back here soon enough. Um, (laughs) I like how he puts his costume on, though. This is pretty sweet. Yeah, Yeah, so as she's deciding what she's going to have for dinner, uh, Magneto wakes up like, what, bitch? What? (laughs) And then he blasts her out the window, slides on his costume magnetic style, and his helmet, you know, and I kind of was weird with the Magneto version here too, because it's not just the hair; like they really draw him as an old man. Yeah. It's not just yeah, the hair is old. Like, well, he not was just the white. So he was born like prior to World War Two. So yeah, right. he's supposed he to be in the Holocaust. So yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he should be old. old. No, that's what I'm saying. He should be old, but you know, over time, because they have to keep it, you know, Bart Simpson young. They just kind of like start to make him a little bit younger, but in this, he looks really, really old. Um, 
And so uh, Xavier, again, in his ability to cock block any situation, he comes in <laughs> on the astral plane. <laughs> like, I was trying to fuck Storm. Yeah, we have none of that, sir. Mm-hmm. And he gets him on the astral plane. Now, again, this is something that over time, well, he has his helmet on, okay, so he's usually not vulnerable to any of uh, Charles's magnetic power or, or Charles's um, telepathic powers with the helmet on. But now on the astral plane, you know, Charles has, you know, got the payday shit moment on his face. And he's trying to get, you know, get it out. And he's stressing out, like, you know, heavily trying to, to, to get his uh, in through or break through Magneto's defenses. But Magneto sees through that and transports Charles all the way back to his ship in his little, like, kind of wheelchair thing and takes him yeah. all the way back to his lair. And the boys destroy the thing, the Magneto stuff, but it doesn't really work out because Magneto's captured Kitty and Charles and Alex Forrester. And basically saying to them, you know, you, you you did a good job fighting against me, but, you know, basically it's over. And, oh, you broke my shit? I'm going to just put it back together. Bam! I'm going to use my unearthly <laughs> powers. Yeah, my unearthly powers to put it all back together again. And that's that. Uh, which yep. was kind of messed up, too, because the, the X-Men really thought that they was doing work. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was like, that's like, got to oh, be so demoralizing. We can still yeah. do this without our powers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Damn, man. Like Obi Wan turning off. <laughs> like Obi Wan turning off the tractor beam. Like if Vader knew he was there, why he just flip the fucking tractor beam back on with his force? Like, wait a minute. <laughs> All right, we're good. Sorry, can get shit out. Movie over. Everybody dead. Um. So, yeah. So again, Magneto's captured everybody, and basically he thought he killed Storm by pushing her out the window. But see, her cape came back for a reason, brother. That's right. That's there right. You had to, yep, had to hang it out there, uh, diehard style, and um, she makes her way back into the into the the building. Um, Magneto then destroys Magneto's computer with a chair. Uh, she got a chair. My God, my God, she got a chair. <laughs> destroys the computer. Now, mind you, bring the why that. During the damn bell. Now, mind you, why was that not an option before? Like, you're like, Kitty, get the get the rule book. Oh, it's in a different language. Well, fucking just destroy it then. No, <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that now. So we're just gonna was she right next to it at the time? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I guess so. She had the rule book. Right. She had, she had the Tandy True. rule book in yep. her hand, man. Yep. And then we were like, yeah. nah, all right, well, we're just gonna destroy it with a chair right now. I'm smashing. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's like that was my plan too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was Magneto's plan you too. Fucked that up. up. Yeah, you fucked that yeah, up. Yeah, no joke. He's <laughs> trying to kill me. Um, so yeah, I um yeah. So she smashes the building. That is the that was the computer that was controlling the inhibitors. And so <laughs> that look on Xavier's face is like, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's looking at his face because like, he sees Cyclops got his back. It's on. He's like, my nigga. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, my nigga got his back. He's about to be on, bitch. Man, We're about uh, to hear a speech about him having to hold his back. <laughs> I've heard this shit a million times and never gets old. <laughs> oh, shit. He's like, 
finally he don't have his ruby cords and it bursts out the heart. Vanish. Damn, son. Finally. Hysterical. Look at his face, man. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, of course, nobody else noticed except Xavier. And uh, yeah. so Cyclops blasts Magneto with an optic blast, um, frees everybody else, or frees himself. Uh, but, of course, he had a Ruby Quartz lens that everybody, yeah. that somebody brought with him because, you know, whatever. That's where it's coming. Because comic. And it also happens yeah. to match his freaking pirate outfit, which is really freaking because comics. That is actually the same color as everything else he has on. Um, and so now it's X-Men attack. Um, Magneto fights back. He sends shrapnel at everybody. But, I mean, it's just a comics battle. Now, look at freaking Nightcrawler getting the offense. Tang. I mean, and Damn, exactly. attacking at somebody. Yeah, actually he doing something. Typical strength <laughs> with a, a a baseball a metal pole and actually <laughs> hurt Magneto. Um, yeah, I mean that's amazing. He actually gets some offense. Now, of course, this is a bitch ass Colossus. I hate punching here. <laughs> like I'm gonna hurt. Col- he just got knocked down. I'm gonna put a wall on him. Punch him, man. Punch him. I'll punch him. I'm gonna knock the wall down, and you know to collapse it on him. Meanwhile, I mean, y'all, they done fought Magneto a bunch of times up to this point. Have you seen him put up this shield that y'all can't get through? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think some rocks is gonna hurt him? (laughs) That's like the first list, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. The first time Nightcrawler got offense, and you turn around and punch the wall. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because Molly's just mad to tell the Nightcrawler got him off. He didn't. Here's what one thing I can hit the wall. Colossus Kla- <laughs> is like, I ain't going over there. You see that, that motherfucker threw me? How far he threw me in that other book? Yeah, he's like, he's like yeah, y'all know you know I am metal, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, yeah, the that's another thing, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, nobody suggests to him, like, hey, man, turn human because he could, like, do whatever with you. Nah, I'm just going to stay metal. Cool. Yeah. Become a living weapon for everybody here that he can use. Um, and then, so yeah, of course that doesn't work. the The shield is up. They keep blasting at him, and it's you know it's just kind of a stalemate. Even though that they're saying that Magneto is a little bit hurt by Kurt's you know metal pole to the head, um, and then uh, Magneto or uh, Storm makes their way back into the to the field. He's using her electricity from the lightning bolts to actually re-energize himself, which is kind of because comics. And um, so now he's kind of getting back up to full strength as he fights them. But she's like, well, oh, you're using my lightning? Fine. I'll put a, like a tornado or a hurricane on you, you know, to try to choke you out and all your breath. And um, <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm almost dead. So, of course, he picks up the living weapon because nobody told a lot. It's not a good idea. And has him crash go. into everybody. Um, Who do you think is going to make that point here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Either of the two X Men leaders? No. Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. It's, or I'm it, or the three X Men leaders. Yeah, I was going to say Denver Cup Professor Xavier is there too. Nobody actually do it, but Kitty. Peter. Turn human. That'll break his hold on you. Oh, I didn't about that. Nobody thought about that. I've been leading the X Men for 150 issues. Nobody thought about this. 
Thanks. Way to go, yeah. freaking Xavier. Um, yeah. there's, there's another one of those Xavier faces, man, where he's concentrating really hard. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, that's one of them sitting on the throne faces, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. No, he's passing a payday, man. And <laughs> I just had to flip back to that page where he's all excited about <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, Xavier breaks through with a side bolt. If I was going to um, get a tattoo, that might be it. I get a picture of that Xavier face. <laughs> I'm like, why did you get that? I'm like, why wouldn't you get that? Look at why that wouldn't head. you get it? <laughs> like, every time I'm getting excited, I'm going to look at my tattoo. I'm like, oh, shit. Things go well. I'll be showing my Xavier face later. Oh, <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so when the side bolt finally gets through with the helmet on again, something that kind of gets erased over time. Wolverine gets through and almost cuts uh, Wolverine or Magneto's face off. Um, Magneto panics, pushes everybody away. I will not be denied. Um, and then of course they send the uh, most inexperienced X Men to. Go do something fix critical. This problem. Yeah. Right. Go do this yeah. thing. Go fix something critical. You know, the computers, they're key, Sprite. Ugh. So, yeah, you know, bro. go do that. We'll distract him. And Kitty heads off to do the computers, and then they try to fight against it. They're still fighting against Magneto. He realizes it's a diversion, and he heads off to save his computers, and he runs into Kitty, and they have this little, you know, sort of fight. Um, but there's another uh, incident here about where um, Magneto is using whatever powers that he is for Storm, uh, and then, like, oh, like, he's setting her on fire. That's a little bit awkward, too. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, set the nigga on fire. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't have set somebody else on fire. You know what I mean? Like, it just seemed kind of weird reading it. I'm like, hmm. Uh, and uh, Nightcrawler saves her by teleporting her into the ocean. It seems like kind of a blind teleport, which he says that he doesn't do, but he doesn't. Um, and then Kitty and Magneto have this. And the book, now, it seems like we're making fun of this. I thought the book was actually kind of good. You know, it's still read pretty well um, over time here. Um, yeah. But the end of it kind of is anticlimactic, where, um, you know, Magneto... He's like mad, you know, like a parent. He's like, "What are you doing? Why are you touching my computer? I told you not to touch my computer. Are you touching my computer? Why are you touching the computer? You put a virus on it." Like, I mean, that's really the kind of argument that they're having. And he tries to, you know, explain himself out of it. And you know, oh, I've been a terrible person, and my dream of doing this and doing that is really not a good thing because I hurt this young child under the pressure that he thought he killed her at this point. You know where she phased somehow, and you uh, whatever. Yeah, she because, she almost dies a billion times, but her phasing saves her. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And Magneto is distraught by whatever that he did, and he has to remember what happened to his parents when they went to the Holocaust and to the gas chamber. I mean, it's just like the end of it is very anticlimactic, just to, essentially to get to turn him into a sympathetic figure at the end. And, um, and to, again, it's cheap, you know, it's a cheap pop for Kitty, too, that, like, oh, well, you know, she almost died, but she didn't, but she did save the team, and then she stopped his plans, even though she didn't die, you know, like, how can you cheer against this or hate against it, and, you know, that's basically how Magneto ends, and he gets away somehow, like, somehow in a Scooby-Doo-like escape, 
you know, Xavier scanned the island for him, but they couldn't find him. Like, he, like Storm, you was right there. Like, why didn't you just capture him? <laughs> like, he fought his way out of it or anything. Like, you know, like, why didn't you do something? But she got away, and that's pretty much it. And, it, like, and like Brother Beaver said, miraculously, because she was phasing at the time, Kitty survived Magneto's energy bias. Yay, she survived. Um, uh-huh. Yay. Um, <laughs> but that's basically it. Um, they're... At the end of the book is them working there for their way to get back out, um, get off of the island. Uh, Storm has somehow transitioned into a blue bikini at this point. Um, not sure how, not sure why. Just, Where are they getting all these clothes from? Yeah, they're chilling on the beach. Yeah, you know, uh, Wolverine is roasting marshmallows on the beach. Um, <laughs> that's I won't even ask. Yeah, 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 that's interesting. And then they have this whole little bit because at the time the book was made about um, Kitty Pry using the Force to raise um, the Blackbird out from the bottom of the ocean. And, you know, people get mad. It's such a whatever kind of Kitty moment, so to speak. And that's in 150. You know, how did you think that it read over time there, Sandman? I mean, it's been, again, 30 yeah. years. It's been a while since I read it. It's um, it, classic X Men versus Magneto issue. You know, there's also always some kind of convoluted plot uh, where he's basically either threatening somebody or uh, X Men have to go stop him, of course. And um, there's some kind of unsatisfi- unsatisfactory resolution at the end. But um, yeah, pretty wordy, uh, almost like a John Byrne and a Chris Claremont issue. But uh, um, not a bad issue. Uh, I mean, X Men versus Magneto is—they do it like every fifteen issues or so. And <laughs> it's just part of the X Men. It's a—it's it's a, a satisfactory issue. Okay. What did you think, Brother Beavis? Thirty years later. Yeah, it, if you don't put the lens on it, like I think it's—it's it's as classic as X Men stories get. It's classic X Men versus X—you know—Magneto. He's got, you know, the plot to take their power, you know, some mysterious power to take their their powers away, but yet he still matches up with all of them. And, you know, if I'm not wrong, this is like they had, they, I think he had like previously looked at pictures of his wife, but they really hadn't delved into his backstory that much. I don't know if right. I'm wrong there or not, but, you know, this is the start of his downfall where, you know, he gets more and more involved as a positive force with them and, yeah, you know, and that's not necessarily good, but it, you know, they try and make him a complex character, which is good in some ways, but you know, they they sort of neuter him in a lot of ways too. But yeah, I think it's you know, it's a significant story. Yeah, I mean, I thought, like I said, over time, I thought it read pretty decently again. Um, you know, again, this is the Magneto that I'm comfortable with, um, but when he reappears, he's starting that the process of uh, you know turning into a good guy. And I remember when I was a kid, I kind of liked that. It was like, oh, well, you know, that's, you know, wow, that's cool. You know, Magneto's going to be an X-Men, you know, but not mm-hmm. realizing at the time that this is not something that's going to last. And then right. in subsequent years, you know, it's the back and forth. And I was like, man, I can't do this anymore, Magneto. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's 150. Um, like I said, I was looking ahead a little bit. I think we're probably going to skip a, a, a little bit, probably up to 150-something where we get to the brood. Um, I don't think there's anything. There's a, Again, there's a couple of kitty-centric episodes in there. There's an episode with the BAMPs uh, where everybody's all <laughs> that stuff. Boy, um, you want to do 153? 
I'm done with Brothers Comics. I gotta say, that. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that the one with the, the uh, Kitty's the Pirate Tale? Yeah. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it is almost, bad. Yeah. We should mention almost, though that um, that kid, that Professor Xavier is a jerk cosplay thing. Yeah, yes. I saw that. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I put it out on our Facebook page and Twitter feed as well. That's great. Um, <laughs> whoever that gentleman was, um, <laughs> bravo, sir. Um, just that was bravo. well done. Yeah. Very well done. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, who even thinks of something like that, to be perfect honest with you? I mean, that's <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yes, yeah. we will do that. And I'll, I'll bring that back as uh, when we repost some of these things. Um all right, so we're going to transition from old Magneto to new Magneto um, in uh, <laughs> the modern X-Men um, since uh, Magneto has gotten a little bit old in the tooth and they don't do a lot of Magneto stories anymore. Uh, what they have done in the destruction, uh, deconstruction of the character of Cyclops and essentially turned him into Magneto um, where he has a singular focus of trying to save the mutants, um, post House of M, post uh, the 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 new or uh, the rebirth of the Phoenix Egg, uh, post X Men versus Avengers, Cyclops has turned essentially into Magneto, um, but maybe even a bigger dick. And <laughs> um he's uh, and again, you've, if y'all listened to this podcast before, you know Brother Beavis is a fan of the character of Cyclops. I am too. Uh, what they've done to Cyclops, the character in comics, to me is almost freaking uh, comic child abuse. It's really unfortunate that you've taken a character that has such a rich history and shit on it. Um, but in the tradition of continuing to shit on it, um, the Marvel and DC or the Marvel people and the Disney people have possibly concocted a story where they're actually going to get rid of the X-Men books uh, because Marvel Cinematic doesn't control the characters in the same way they did with Fantastic Four. They're just going to push the characters out into different books to not be able to bump for Fox. Um, And the process of this begins with this series called Death of X. Uh, Now, we've all read it. Um, This is essentially leading into the X-Men versus the Inhumans books that are going to be side angle side books associated with this um let's deal with the the awful inhumans first the inhumans are terrible <laughs> they did not need to be any additional ones uh the fact that they've given them such a big push makes me not want to read comic books brother beavis yeah i think you know the modern thing about comics is they put the whole cast up front and it's like crystal i know her yeah uh gorgon i think gorgon was in it who does absolutely mm. nothing. Yeah, he was and in then, it. No. Yeah. And then he, then four other ranks. Right. So yeah. like the the problem is they're like they're also vanilla at this point. When it was one thing when it was like the royal family and it was mm-hmm. like six people that, you know, you could drop in and they were you know, sometimes they were heroes, sometimes they were villains, whatever. That's fine. But now there's a bunch of them and they are they're all red shirts as far as I can right. tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And they also and yeah, go ahead. What is your thought on the Inhumans, Sammy? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, um, pretty much the same thing. I mean, outside of the what five or six, the royal family, uh, 
the Inhumans himself, Black Bolt, Medusa, Crystal, uh, what Maximus, who's basically the Magneto of their yeah. their world, uh, Gorgon, and what Lockjaw, I think. Lockjaw, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know anything else about them other than that. They've always been kind of the back burner, uh, kind of cultish um, uh, society of Marvel, kind of in the Fantastic Four kind of uh, side side books and stuff like that. You would see them on stuff like that. They would have their own um, series here and there and stuff. But yeah, they they always seemed like they didn't quite know what to do with them, you know. And um, so you would see them periodically here and there. So. Yeah, I have, don't have much feeling for them, honestly. So well, what um, they decided to do with them is turn them into mutants and just not call yeah. them mutants. The re- um, yeah, the substitute mutants. Yeah, for right since they don't have the rights in the movies and stuff. So at least in the movies yeah. they are. Yeah, and um, I have no, I cannot figure out why. I can't figure out what what they're trying to accomplish that they can't accomplish with the X Men because well, no, yeah. in this whole thing in comics. Yeah, I mean they're they're so they're releasing the mist and and they're you know people are welcoming it and they want to be turned into inhumans they want to realize their destiny. I just I don't understand like once there's a a whole group of inhumans I don't know what stories they're trying to tell that they can't tell with the X Men already with established characters that people yeah. give a shit about right yeah, yeah. as opposed right, to right. this um, and so I mean let's just get into the book. Um, it takes place a year prior to whatever it is. Now, it's my understanding that Cyclops is actually dead. Um, I do believe that he died. I thought he died in Secret Wars. Um, yeah. Or, I think yeah, he, just, Wars. he was dead when they returned. That threw me, too. I'm like, well, because uh, I was waiting for them to say, like, this is now. But right. really, it's all in the past? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah, and it's a year. It's just what I said. It says it starts a year, a year ago, ago from yeah. whatever. And basically what Brother Beaver said is true. The Terrigen Mist has been unleashed by the Inhumans, and it's going over the Earth, and people are, like, welcoming it. Like, you know, hey, give me that smog. You know, it might turn me into a, a you know, give me superpowers. Um, I, I don't know if this was on us podcast or t- listening to somebody else's podcast. Truth be told, if this shit was real, people would be welcoming that shit. Like crazy people would be out there on tops of roofs, like yeah, let me hail that, let me hail that shit, let me hail, man, let me see if we get them powers, and that that would really happen. But if it's having a positive effect on certain people, it's having a negative effect on mutants, and some of them it's killing and or sterilizing them. So there's really not that many mutants left because of the Terrigen Mist. So you could obviously tell that that would be a problem. Um, and then the book is on essentially two fronts: one front of Inhumans in Japan waiting for, you know, the in, the the mist to come to see what's going to happen to them, and then the X-Men going to Muir Island, where the mist has hit the island, killed uh, multiple men. He dies, and uh, like, hey, man, that was multiple men. What happened to multiple You know what I mean? Like, that that was multiple mm-hmm. men. He was a decent mutant dead. They that killed was a trend man. of, like, modern comics, where they sort of, like, X-Men, three Cyclops, significant characters. And that's that's fucked up. Like, Alpha yeah. Flight, even though we ran yeah. them down, they got <laughs> killed very quickly in the, um, the after the House of M stuff. They got killed in one of those stories, like, right. just sort of a couple sequence of panels. Like, oh, Alpha Flight's dead now. Well, why yeah. the fuck wow. did I buy all those comics? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and they deserve better than that, too. Like, yeah. you know, even if yes. those books sucked, which they did, the characters were at least 
a part of some version of Marvel lore and to just kill him like kind of side and like two little three panels doesn't mm. do the character any good and it's just awful. Yeah, um, yeah, it's disrespectful. I don't like. I don't like how they do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. So when the the uh, mutants get to Muir Island, they see things are all messed up. And by the way, this is Cyclops' version of uh, was Racer X Cyclops. Um, and once yeah. he gets on, once he gets to the island and starts breathing the mist, he already starts to feel a little bit weird. Um, side topic: I hate the freaking cuckoo triplets. By the way, there's never I've, been anything yeah. associated with them that I like. It drives me nuts. I have no yeah. idea how they've made it this far, other than fanboy masturbatory freaking fantasies. None yeah. whatsoever. They're uh, always kind of don't even really understand at this point because they're not. Actually, twins. Anymore? Tri- they're not, yeah, they're triplets. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah, they're not triplets. It's weird. I don't know. They're connected telepathically. I've never understood what the deal is yeah. with them. Though. Yeah, and so as they're entering this, magic is the one mutant that is like, "Hey, are you sure we should be doing this?" And uh, they're like, "Yeah, oh, we're blindly following we're, we're, along." We've gone too far into this without acknowledging the fact that there's a character called Gold Balls. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was going to mention it if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought uh, I read it wrong when I first saw that. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's no type. Of my that. my gold ball um, experience. I didn't know anything about him in the X Men books because I wasn't reading them. But he is in the Miles Morales Spider Man book uh, as a student at the school that Miles, like his roommate, actually at the school that Miles attends. So I oh, wow. knew about Gold Balls from there, but I didn't know anything about him in his X-Men past. Um, but clearly he survives this because he's with Miles at that school. Um, so yay, but awful terrible. <laughs> yeah, he, he's essentially Boom Boom. That's basically what he, or uh, who he is. Yeah, another useless that's character. basically yeah. another yeah. useless character. Ugh, well, we're going to get to that in a minute, yeah. too. Talking about the new mutants and their creator. Um, so yeah, so yeah, basically, um, I mean, uh, and we talked about this right before we got started. I was like, you know, the first issue of a book is supposed to actually make you want to buy the other ones. This one didn't make me want to buy. This is one of four. I, I might make it to the second one just because, but this was not something that was like, oh, okay. I see what they're setting up here. I can't wait till they get to the second issue and go ahead, brother Beavis on how you felt. Well, the, I was saying this earlier, like the whole fact that like in the midst of the book, they're advertising X-Men versus Inhumans tells you like, this is not even the story. Like it's right. Uh, it just, it's, it's got all the things I hate about modern comics. Is it's just a fast read. It's more than 50% of the characters that, that, that no one should care about. And I'm all about right. like introducing new characters, but they're just all background. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and then, then you, just like crap on everything that happened for you know sixty years of comics, and then you got to mm-hmm. throw in Hydra in there because you know you need like because, a random yeah. nobody cares villain too that's not mm-hmm. a threat but not a real threat you know because not really you know yeah. it's just Hydra so you throw them in there too to create a, a false conflict and also to get the the Terrigen Mist Easter egg of the one person that did get the powers yeah. to come out. And uh-huh. like, hey, you know, welcome. You are one of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> and he, again, the switching in the back and forth. It's, I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not engaging at all. 
And even though I kind of want to know what happened to Cyclops, and it has like a at least a decent kind of cliffhanger ending. Um, yeah. Beyond that, it's just kind of, you know, whatever. So they really can't figure out why the mist is making making inhuman people out of humans and then sterilizing and often killing mutants. So all the information that they get, they send it to Beast. Beast has to run, you know, he's got to run data checks or whatever, too, to try to figure it out. But in the process of doing that, Scott passes out, you know, blood coming from his nose and whatnot, and he goes to the ground, and the only person that sees him pass out is Emma Frost. Um, again, the other battles going on with the Inhumans and Hydra, but the the, uh, the end part of that is, is that eventually Cyclops does come out, and they're like, well, what happened to Cyclops? And Emma's answer is, I, and then it's he appears, and he's, I'm okay, and then he makes this basic declaration that, like, the Terrigen Mist is bad, the Inhumans are bad, so we need to protect our own ready, set, go, let's fight. And that's basically the the whole issue. Um, yeah. I mean, that's basically it. Uh, they're setting this up for this X-Men versus Inhumans thing. Again, the rumors have been out there for months now that Marvel is going to cancel these X-Books. Like, because, it, you know, it, again, the Fantastic Four option. Like, we don't own these characters for cinematic stuff. We're not going to bump for you. We're not going to be putting out books monthly, but I just can't imagine them sticking to that strategy because the X-Men books, I'm assuming, are still popular. I mean, I'm not currently reading any active X-Men book, but I would assume some people are. So it it seems to me, you know, cutting your nose to spite your face to cut out one of your more popular books to uh, maybe, hopefully, eventually get the movie rights back to them, what? You're talking three, four, five years from now, maybe if you're lucky. Shoot. I, I I think it'll be long after that. I I think they're barking up a, the wrong tree on that whole thing anyway. Um, uh, I I don't quote me on this, but I had heard that after this series, it's supposed to be another series that they're supposed to uh, return uh, the X Men with a uh, I don't know how many titles, but I think mm-hmm. this is just a setup for another return after that. So. Like I said, don't quote me. I thought I heard that from some source. Um, I, 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 I think there's no chance that this version of Cyclops continues in regular continuity. I no, really do think can't. that they realize that they went way too far. I mean, killed Xavier. A, he's leading the team. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, he's he new became Magneto. Magneto. And I, I don't think, since you reintroduced the younger version into the to the mainstream universe, it seems right. like the older version is going to get run off, and then the old, the younger version, what they can mold back mm-hmm. into the Cyclops that most people know and care about, as opposed right. to this psychopath that is there now, Brother Beavis. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to imagine somebody who's like, "Oh, new Cyclops is the shit," you know? Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand. Like, yeah. it's just you're right. It does seem like it just went too far. Um, yeah. And, and it, it's like to read the book, you know, to go through the books that we're reading, the old school books right now, and just read like classic Cyclops. It's like, how did you, you know, how, how did you ever like look at this character and be like, oh, he's too weak. He's too like vanilla. He's too, there's nothing to him. Like we need to just turn it, you know, it's just, I don't understand why you, you had to go from what he was to what he is. Uh, yeah. And I don't know who, yeah. who the audience is for that. Yeah. It was, yeah and it's, it's like, Let's take him to the extreme. Like, but you didn't really have to do that. Like, 
and and again, it, it never it never made any sense over time. Like, well, once Emma got to him, then he just started going that way. Like, man, the pussy couldn't have been that good for real. <laughs> like, it didn't turn him like that. He didn't turn his mind completely over like that. I mean, that he wound up killing his surrogate father. Like, I mean, really? Like, it really got to that yeah. point. I mean, come on, man. There's yeah. So it seems to me at some point in time this version of Cyclops will either stay dead or will wind up being dead so they can reset the character with new Cyclops, teenage Cyclops or however you want to call it. Um, but it, it, there's no way that this other this version of Cyclops survives in my yeah. humble opinion. Um, so, yeah, that's our review of Death of X. My chances of getting issue two, I would say, are probably fifty percent. Uh, Sandman, what's your chance? You might have to get an international two? screening of, of issue. Oh uh, yeah, there may be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chances of getting issue two, um, Sandman. I am curious of uh, what when they inevitably clash in the next issue. I'm, I'm I am curious, like, what's going to go down and what the Inhumans' response will be when they bring up, it's like, hey, your shit's killing us, and all. I don't know. I'm a sucker. That's all I got to say. I'll probably, I'll probably <laughs> buy it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brother Beavis, chances of making it through. Unless I'm told I have to read it for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may be safe then. Uh, Shifting the blame. It yeah. <laughs> very much seems like something that I will read people's reviews online and be like, "Oh, that's how it turned out." All right, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. It didn't. It definitely didn't grab me. You know, I mean, Champions number one probably grabbed me a lot more than this did. And I'm somebody that's generally not a fan of like teenage comic book movies or comic book books, comic books. So, all right, right. all right. So that's Death of X. Uh, our kind of third and fourth final topics we'll try to get through as best as we can here um let's do luke cage first and then the last part of that is really going to turn into kind of almost an stfu all right so um we did the early version on the the brothers comics podcast of luke cage Uh, at that point in time i was probably seven or eight episodes in um and now i'm i'm finishing 12 um Brother Beavis has finished it. Sandman has finished it. Um, I've read enough to know about what hell is going to happen. So it's been out for two weeks or almost three weeks now. So if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched that, we're going to probably spoil it, a lot of it. Um, basically, our but your, go ahead and go with your review, uh, Brother Beavis, on the the entire series since you saw. I thought I told thing. you not to go to me first. No, <laughs> you did tell me that. Sandman. Go ahead yeah. and tell us that. Uh, what was your review of the entire series? Because you saw it in its entirety already as well. Right, right. And you can spoil well, because. Yeah, yeah. I, we're gonna we're gonna have to get into spoilers uh, pretty heavily here. Um, yeah. Overall, I liked the series very much. So, I mean, it was um, it was um, musically it was amazing. Obviously, uh, mm. obviously for those that don't know, um, every episode was um, titled after a gang star. Um, song mm-hmm. that they made. This is a, the Gangstar is a duo, right? I don't think it's well, yeah, two it's or three. Him of them. and DJ Premier, but yes, yeah. right, right, right. And um, the music is incredible. I mean, I actually downloaded like three songs <laughs> just watching mm-hmm. the uh, series myself. Um, 
as far as the characters, I mean, um, Luke Cage himself, he's the, the stoic uh, black man, the invulnerable black man. And that alone, I mean, was wonderful to see, speaking as a black man. It is, uh, it's very important to see someone that looks like you doing the damn deed, you know, you know what I'm saying, um, yeah. on the big screen. Obviously, I mean, we've seen black superheroes before, but not to this level where your main um, up in front, it's about you, it's about the community that you live in, it's about your people and the struggles that they uh, deal with daily, and that's a lot what he does. It's um, There were times where it was a little uneven up and down it drags in the middle beavis and i were uh, kind of discussing this before the pro, uh, the podcast started mm-hmm. um yeah the the main villain at least the main villain we thought at first cottonmouth uh major spoilers obviously if you haven't yeah. seen it ends up mm-hmm. uh buying it early and uh the the actor mashallah ali is very good he's been in a several like big um name movies here and there so uh, you've seen him um, I thought he did an amazing job as the uh, as uh, Cottonmouth, the main villain at first, um, and then they off him. It's kind of like a shock death, kind of like whoa, didn't see that coming. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. A, I really uh, liked how they when they explained his backstory, like he wasn't exactly you know this uh, crooked mm-hmm. character his whole life. Uh, he was a bit kind of forced into this life of uh, crime by his family, mm-hmm. pretty much. He and um, um, What's her name? Mariah? Mariah. Black yeah, Mariah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Black Mariah. And um, uh, it really kind of uh, humanized the character a lot more for me. It wasn't exactly just a um, um, mustache-twirling villain that you see so often. So there was actually <laughs> some dimensions to it, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was um, it drug a little bit in the, in the middle. Uh when they finally uh, revealed Diamondback, who is the main villain, it was it was it was kind of clunky. Uh, some of the backstory uh, ends up, of course, that he has um, the half brother of uh, the the villain, and uh, it was it was I was kind of like, oh, now what? Now he's he's the preacher's illegitimate son, and right. and um, oh my God, how many jobs has Luke Cage had? He was in the military, he was yeah. a cop, he was, uh, yeah. I mean, they really Luke. took the, uh, the the black man work into an extreme in this, case, no, he's definitely in this story. Jamaican. Yeah, you know, he's definitely yeah. Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a joke in the series, by the way, yeah, yeah. they actually say that. But uh, um, overall, I did like it, it's very good. I was... Um, I would put it maybe second behind maybe Daredevil season two as my favorite mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I got. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it extremely well uh, or extremely much. Um, it is a, a great representation of um, like finally seeing like black heroes on the screen Um you know, there are parts of it that are a little stereotypical, uh, but I think you're going to get that regardless. Um, I know there's talks of, like, people, you know, Luke might have been a little too stoic. Uh, you know, they yeah, should have been more, um, more, a little angrier or whatever. But, you know, I think it more fits with the modern character. You know, if you're reading any of the Luke Cage books now, that he's a father, you know, he doesn't curse. He's got all these, you know, kind of, like, kind of middle-aged man growth problems um and 
he's you know trying to work all of those issues out at least in the comic book. So I, the the relation between those two characters, the comic book character and the movie character, I kind of thought was kind of funny. Um, overall, um, you know, and Brother Beaver says this all the time: the villain makes all of these things. Like if the villain is good, everything works out. And Cottonmouth is an extremely good villain, even though he's not really that big of a villain. You know, I mean, right, he's, right. you know, somebody that's in, he's, you know, he's a circumstance villain. You know, he wind up in this life that's something that he really didn't want, but he's in it and he's just doing the best that he can to get through it. And, you know, completely conflicted the entire time while he's doing it. Um, but he's so good at it. And his laugh, I think I posted on Twitter, like his laugh is Joker-esque. And it's such a character, <laughs> it's such a character quirk. Like every time something happens, he just laughs. It's like, you know, like, oh, okay. And it's, every time he laughs, it's just great. I think somebody, like, put them all together in, like, a YouTube video where it's really good. You know, he's just, like, a good villain. And, you know, and I like kind of the, the modern version of Black Mariah and, you know, tying, you know, tying her legitimacy, you know, to the city of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there was, it's just, overall, it's a very good series, you know, um, uh, I, I like. I think I like Diamondback a lot more than uh, most people do. Like I, uh, his introduction is a little clunky uh, where he at first yeah, shows up. I agree because he is I such agree. a mystery character at the beginning. You know, they just talk about him like almost in shadows between Shades and and Cottonmouth. But then yeah. when he does show up, you know, he's there. You know, killing folks and I'm like wait, what? Or trying to kill <laughs> Luke. I'm like wait, what? Like where did he come from? Like I thought he was just yeah. going to be somebody that was. I thought he was going to be somebody who was just kind of like the money behind everything, as opposed to right. the actual killer. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they went from Kaiser Sose to like motherfucker on the street shooting like um, yeah, exactly, bombs yeah, exactly. And stuff, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. It just kind of was weird. Uh, and then I, my other issue is not issue, but my other like kind of props for the thing was the ladies in the show and how strong that mm-hmm. they presented them um, on yes. both sides. You know. Um, uh, Misty Knight is such a strong character. Um, mm-hmm. Black Mariah, even though she's you know evil, is such a strong character. And you know the night Claire, the night nurse or whatever, is such a strong character too. Um, Rosario Dawson hasn't aged in 25 years, I don't think, <laughs> and um, she's a vampire. And you know <laughs> they presented the characters in such strong ways. Like I it's just you know yes, it, it is one of those things. Like wow, you rarely see. Well, rarely you never see like a ca- a, a cast of all or mostly black people, and even though it might have some negative stereotypes to it, it doesn't fall into a negative stereotype. Like the use of him not wanting people to call him a nigger was great because my thought was initially I was like they're gonna overuse this word in a Tarantino like fashion and it's going to make mm-hmm. me cringe. And as much as I may use it on this podcast, yeah, you know, I, I don't use it as much as you think that I would, and. I was like, they're going to overuse it, and it's going to just make me kind of feel uncomfortable over time. And, you know, establishing that, that the main character is like, look, I don't, you know, I'm the type of nigga that don't like to be called a nigga. And mm-hmm. that set the tone from, you know, episode two, whereas you rarely hear it. I mean, it's dropped in there. When you hear it, you recognize it because you don't hear it all the time. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought the show was great. Um, yeah, I, I'll be looking forward to the defenders as it comes up whenever it comes up in the order. I don't think there'll be a Luke Cage season two before there's the defenders. Um, so there you go, right. brother Beavis. You didn't have to go first or last <laughs> or second. Well, what the reason I, and series? the reason I wanted you guys to talk first is because, you know, I had the sense, but obviously it's for, 
for reasons it's not my place to say, but I had the sense that, like, it's more than just a show with black people in it. Like, there was, right. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I, I have to feel like it's it's the show that you guys have been waiting for for a lot of things, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of things yeah. did well. And I think there's, you know, a couple, of, like Arrow and, um, and Daredevil even do the, you know, my city, you know, you, you failed my city, but right. those, those cities even feel generic. And I think, you know, right. Harlem actually had the feel of like, you know, is unique, is threatened, does deserve to be saved, needs a hero that like those, those stories don't have. And I think, you know, I feel like they took on a lot of things like the N word, like unlawful stops of black males, like police yes. shootings. Yes. I think mm-hmm. they, you know, they, it's not like they they cast them a certain way or tried to reach a resolution. They just included them in the narrative, and I thought that was right. pretty bold. Um, I think that uh, Cottonmouth was fantastic. I think Luke, really, when he wasn't talking, was better. I think some of his longer like narrative and dialogue was where sort of I didn't think it was that great. Um, Misty was fantastic. That was like one of the first things I texted you about. Like, uh, I'm down yeah. with Misty Knight for yeah. very many reasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I like the, I like the references to the awful 70 areas comics where they squeezed in his original costume, where they, right. you know, they really had Diamondback dressed up as original costume. Mm. When the music <laughs> was the rap and the R&B and they said, I thought it was great, but... <laughs> There's also mm-hmm. long stretches of the show where it's like bad '70s era TV, right. like <laughs> ambient yeah, sound that was awful. And I'm I'm assuming that was a choice, and they were trying yeah. to do like a callback, but that part of it sucked because the other parts were so good. When you had like scenes playing out to bands that were playing in Harlem's Paradise and things like that, right. or set to different rap lyrics and whatever, you know, to contrast it between this is great. And this is a throwback. Mm, I could have done without that. Now, uh, I do want to call out so two things, and we talked to one about this. Uh, one is the the last episode is basically like the return of the king. He beats Diamondback yeah. in the first fifteen minutes, and it takes them thirty minutes to end the show. Uh, there's like a bunch right. of false endings. I'm like, come on, just throw the ring into the volcano and get it over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they string it out. The other thing is, I'm going to say, and, you know, first I'll caveat it, Rosario Dawson, beautiful, fine actress, a yeah. uh, lot of nerd credibility. Mm. She got like a Kitty Pride-esque push in this show relative to everybody else. Uh, yeah. Like she's yeah, fighting she muggers, yeah. she's all mm-hmm. this and all that. She knocked right. out shades or whatever. Yeah. Their their romance was terrible to watch. The corny right. business. It was uh, she was <laughs> like she got a kitty pride esque push in this show. Uh right. not a fan of that character from from sort of where they went in it. But again, all all other caveats to Rosario Dawson, her role in the whole series. I mean, I guess it's okay that you know they finally expanded her role, made her more significant, whatever. But yeah, I, she was she was not to me not one of the stronger females of which there were many in the series. And that was the other thing right. they took on not only black but they took on female. And so you know, yeah, they they did a lot of things. I will also say like 
I don't think I could have taken more than two episodes of pop. I think yeah. the uh yeah, the, the killing uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the black mm-hmm. you know, the, the the black barbershop, it's almost like, well, yeah, it's a cliche, but we kinda have to have something for the white people to latch on to. I don't know, you know, I right. I'm glad yeah. that they sorta of, sorta of did that in. I, I could not have taken more than a couple of issues of that. Right. And then that wasn't a note of mine, but that is a very good point because you knew it it, it was already preachy two episodes in with Pop. Yeah. It was very you know, so. and you know, it was only going to get preachy or you know, and as great as an actor as that guy is, you know, it's like, okay, this this is going to need to happen eventually. And, you know, you I was kinda always waiting at the beginning, I was like, what's going to be the point that he turns because he's obviously not wanting to do this. Like something's going to have to happen. And, you know, after a while he's like, Oh, this dude's going to die. Um, you know, and all and but we forgot the stuff too. Uh, the stuff about Reva is great too. You know, um, right. You know, the but the train. Like, he was all pining over her, and she was never. You know, I, I'm not. Maybe they haven't told the whole story, but like, so she mm. was fake the whole time. And they they laid the groundwork that that might have been. Yeah. The, right. the, so the at that situation. point, wouldn't he like be like, oh, uh, I had hooked up with Jessica Jones, and I was only pissed at her because she killed this fake ass bitch that I'm good to be without. Should I go back to her now? Yeah. Or is it I'm mad with her because she lied about killing the fake ass bitch that I don't care about now? Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of a plot hole there. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be yeah. interesting to see what they end up doing because uh, obviously in the comics he ends up with Jessica Jones. Spoilers, right? Uh, and but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think this they're just I don't know, man. They they just did a great job of kind of laying it out there for just like kind of blurred consumption. And, you know, if you are into comics or whatever, you could try to get into it or not. I mean, there was plenty of Twitter chatter about, oh, why are you watching this show? There's no white people, you know, there's no white people in it. <laughs> it's just like, are you fucking serious? Like, first off, welcome to that. our world. Yeah. And two, yeah. I mean, there are white people in it. You know, there is the the, the detective that's in there that's Misty's partner. I mean, there's not like he's there's not the white. crooked cop. The yeah, exactly. cop. And, yeah, again, welcome to our world of being the gangster, the pimp, the whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, that's basically what it is. The and, thing you know, that hit me was like, who is hurt by the fact that this show is on? Like, it's a good yeah. show regardless of anything else. Who is hurt by the fact that there's, you know, a good show about, you know, a black culture, black actors? Who's who's hurt by that? And what did it take away from? <laughs> and that that's... Was, that and, was, that's a glad transition into the other parts of this, you know. So we're all thumbs up with Luke Cage. The this started with Luke Cage, but it's just kind of extended on about like kind of white fanboy anger about things that are associated with sci-fi and fantasy. And I tweeted this yesterday. I was like, white fanboys t- treat sci-fi, fantasy, and comics like it's like Middle Earth. It's like y'all niggas, y'all can have regular Earth. Like, but Middle Earth is ours, and y'all ain't allowed to come here at all. Like, stay out of it. Like, Middle, or Middle Earth and hockey, you niggas stay away from it. But, and, like, and so anything that is different than that, that is met with, like, you know, hostility, you know, when somebody's like, yeah. you know, and this started with, it started with Luke Cage. It was like, well, you know, make your own shows. You go, you, you know, make, you know, why y'all going to be in our shows? You make your own shows. We make our own show. And then you're like, well, 
oh, well, watch that show because ain't no white people in it. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's you, the straight Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which one do you want? You know, you can't have it both ways. And so this, yeah. again, this week it started with my, one of my least favorite comic book creators. And I know Brother Beavis feels the same way with Rob Liefeld. Hey, now, yeah, I, same here. Yeah, I had literally going to uh, Tampa MegaCon here at the end of the month. Uh, he was going to be there. I got a press pass for it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to swallow my pride and try to get an interview with this dude because I'm not a fan. And I know he's going to have thousands of fans there, but, you know, I'll roll the dice and maybe they'll give me five minutes with him. Um, and so just scrolling the Twitter feed yesterday or two days ago, and, you know, there's the discussion about um, Iron Fist and the trailer for Iron Fist, I think, came out a couple of days ago. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. They're going with, you know, white Danny Rand. And there's been talk about, like, well, you know what? You could have done Iron Fist as an Asian character since he has mostly Asian characteristics anyway, and he's really based on a, you know, a 70s freaking television show character. And, it, you know, it has, has a little bit of a white savior trope to it. You know, if they had, like, an Asian, like, uh, Danny Rand, you know, you could still do all the, you know, fish out of water. He was really rich. But you could do all of that stuff. Like, you know, nothing about Danny Rand is essentially about him being white, except the fact that he is drawn white. That's it. There's no characteristic that you could change. And that got white right. fanboy Twitter into a freaking absolute shitstorm. Oh, this is unnecessary change. This is reverse racism. This, this, that. And somehow it wound up on my Twitter feed. And and I'm, somehow I got tagged into something with Rob Liefeld, and he actually came back at me uh, more than once. It's probably three or four times in there that he's like, "Oh, well, this is." I'm like, "This is reverse racism. Oh, the character is perfect. There's nothing that needs to be about him being changed. This, that, and that." I'm like, "It's nobody saying that it should be changed. What we're saying is that." Yeah they miss an opportunity to be able to do that for a group of people that are completely underrepresented. Everything the niggas got to say about being underrepresented in comic books and sci-fi, Asian people got a thousand times worse than we do. And there's the opportunity to to do these types of things, to take chances on certain characters, but every time that somebody does it in an industry that is 97% creators and characters Straight white men, if you took one, it's really not going to be that big a deal. And people yeah. just lost their mind. They literally lost their minds to the point where I was getting all this feedback from his fans, air quotation. Like I had to block him and block all of these people from my Twitter feed because I was just tired of like, look, like trying to defend like, look, there's nothing overly, you know, there's no dominant characteristic about Iron Fist that, has, that he has to be white. He doesn't. He could be anybody. He yeah. could be black. He could be any. He could be a Native American. He could be a woman. It doesn't matter. Yes, mm-hmm. continuity and like people are so married to canon. Sometimes it's just ridiculous. And it even started today, brother. Because I thought about you as this was going on, that there was people complaining that I think it was not complaining. It was David O. The guy that played Martin Luther King in Selma. And he's British, I believe. He's African British, and he. I think was he on Game of Thrones. Um. Um, David Oluwelo, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Was he on Game of Thrones, brother? Uh, Uh, Maybe. Not sure. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, there's probably hadn't been too many black folks on there, and basically, it was like, well, you know, 
y'all, you could put a little bit more diversity in Game of Thrones, and people lost their mind. Oh, there's my historically accurate motherfucker. There's dragons in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't believe they did that. Oh, no. was yeah, and, and, and I feel like there's not a whole lot in that story that, like, other than some people are described as blonde as a distinguishing trait. Like, they don't necessarily describe people's skin tone. But right. they do, like, I mean, they have, like, the parts of the country are pretty obviously, like, oh, well, those are the Orientals, and those are the the Middle yeah. Easterners, and these are the, yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just, I just don't, I mean, again, I'm obviously not, like, I don't understand the vitriol that people have when an overwhelming majority of the characters are still like white. Like I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. And when you're going to take like, and the, I, I like Iron Fist. He's one of my favorite characters actually. Like, you know, growing up, he was one of my favorite characters. Like, I don't understand when you take a, and I would call Iron Fist a third rate character. When you take a third rate character and you do something to him, that's going to make him different. Like why people are up. Well, I know why, but like it, the the amount of anger just always throws me off, and uh, I and I feel the need to have to clap back every single time that it jumps on my on my feed, uh, saying man, yeah, yeah. Have you, um, you were following this on the Twitter feed, I would imagine. Yeah, I was in and out. Yeah, it was it was quite unbelievable. I I had to fight back the um, the compulsion to jump into it myself. But I, I knew, I was like, oh, I know it never ends well when you do that. So I, I eventually didn't. Um, yeah, it's like, it's this Trump mentality you got where these people are just uh, was like, well, 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 why, well, why do we, why do you have to change the character, this and that? And first of all, most of them don't even probably never heard of the character and or let, let alone care about it. But the moment you change it, to another, uh, or dare think about changing it to another, um, another race. That's when they start rising up, you know, just, yeah. uh, just, to, uh, to fight, just to fight, you know, most of them could care less. They just want to, uh, mudsling basically, you know, uh, it, it, it makes no sense. I don't know. It's fake anger. I don't know where, what, what they're mad about. It's just, <laughs> I think some of them are just so used to having, their way all the time, everything right. around them being, you know, basically white characters. And so they feel threatened or right. at least they're told that they, they should be threatened, you know? Right. Um, so um, that's my take on it. I don't know. It's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, uh, and it reared its ugly head with the rogue one trailer that dropped today too. Oh really? That, well, yeah, one part. Bec- well, because you have a one, you have a white female protagonist. Right. And then most of the people in Rogue One, all of the rebels. Oh, right. They're Asian. All the rebels are Asian or I think what Black. Diego Luna is, is Diego Luna yeah, Hispanic. Is, is Hispanic. Um, mm-hmm. It was like, well, where, where's the white dude? They will save the universe. Yeah, they motherfucker, they do. In four, five, and six. <laughs> like, how, are you, how are you missing yeah. this part? And my thought yeah, process. Until Lando like, showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't like, know there were black people in the universe. Exactly, yeah, so. and my thought process in this when I was looking at it earlier too, I was just like, you know, in actuality, my 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 analogy was, oh, okay, so all these people are like the fighting fifty fourth in glory, 
Y'all gonna go mm-hmm. in there and get your fucking mm-hmm. shit can beat the fucking die everybody, so they the white people can come in and win the glory and blow up the damn desktop. I mean, they, y'all are just fine. <laughs> yep. You know, and I'm just like, this is like, this is ridiculous. I'm, and and the bigger part of it, if you step back before, like y'all are arguing, and I am too because I'm participating in this bullshit, arguing over <laughs> fictional characters, like yeah. fiction. <laughs> Like, there literally is no Lando, motherfucker. Like, there is no Lando. <laughs> like, Luke did not grow up on a freak on Tatooine with two star, or two sons on it, man. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you are so married to that idea, like, seriously, like, seriously, like, Cersei doesn't really exist, man. The dragons aren't coming. Like, it, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just. It's just yeah, ridiculous, yeah. and that's why I understand. Like in in the overall sense of things, like shit. Really, why do you care? Who fucking cares? <laughs> like the character doesn't. It's not even a real person. Like if you're so upset that freaking Mary Jane is going to be a beautiful black girl, you got problems. Like you really mm-hmm. do. Yeah, like, you need to have is, a get. <laughs> you need I'm something else to be mad man, about. Yeah. Mary Jane is black. Ain't black. She got red hair. Are you fucking serious, man? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, <laughs> like, in your Twitter battles, were there any references to Shang Chi? Yes, there were, and there were some people that were saying like maybe make Shang Chi just make him Iron Fist. You know what I mean? And right. it was like, oh well, you get they got they got Shang Chi, so whatever. But Shang Chi don't have a TV show coming on. Yeah. You know, and right. again, the, the the underrepresentation of Asians is it, it becomes like utter bullshit because okay, well, no, you can't put him. You know, you can't make him Asian or whatever. You know, you can't find you know people won't watch it because of the Asian person in there, or the actors or whatever. And yeah, but you found a bunch of Asian people to fight as the triad when he gets there. So yeah. shut up. Mm. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, like Iron Fist as a character borrows so much from Asian culture. That, yeah, it would right. be a very short step. Just, oh, yeah. If, it's not even a step. Yeah. You, and again, as many freaking people that have adopted Asian pe- children and brought them to this country, you could play that whole yeah. thing out and not even change his name. <laughs> but they'd, they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. why the fuck do you have to go to Kunlun? You were already Asian. You didn't have to yeah. all that way <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I mean, that's, you it, could, it invalidates his origin. It makes it oh, like it makes it, it just underscores the complicated nature of his origin. You don't yeah, exactly. Right. And that's when I was, and mm-hmm. that was that was and that's by my main point. And again, it's it's the character's really based off freaking freaking David Carradine and Kung Fu. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it's played through that it's played through that lens you know, throughout its creation of the character. So, yeah, Bruce Lee came up with that idea, by the way. He was supposed to play that character originally. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, David Carradine ended up playing him. Yeah, yeah. whitewash and whitewashing it too. And yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's, again, am I upset? Am I losing any sleep over it? No. Do I really <laughs> want to talk to Rob Liefeld? Not really anyway. Fuck that non-feet driving, drawing motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Proportions, okay. yeah. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck Rob Liefeld. And fuck him. He can eat a bag of dicks. I, all, I, I just kept, as, as his friends kept tweeting me and tagging me and tagging him in, and I'm like, these are the people that you are aligned with. 
That's who what the I fuck is a fan? Back. First of all, who the fuck is a fan of Rob Liefeld? <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, know. Yeah, no yeah. one's a bigger fan of Rob Liefeld than Rob Liefeld. Um, <laughs> because I mean, it's, it's, uh, he sucks. He sucks. He sucks. And now he's just a confirmation of his suckitude. Those was like mm-hmm. that whole that situation that happened there. I was like, now, you know what? Because people used to say he was a dick back in the Heroes Reborn and Return days. I was like, yeah, yeah you know, I don't know anything about this dude or whatever. He can't draw feet, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> 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 Fine, whatever. We all got faults. But, like, you got character faults at this point. Oh, the character is perfect. I was like, man. <sighs> so, yeah. All right, that's it. I'm done. Fuck you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about it, seeing as we wrap up the comic book corner and just a little bit of STFUs there at the end. Uh, like I said, uh, as the X Men uh, part picks up, I think we're gonna skip right to the right to the Brood, uh, skipping over Kitty's little nightmare, and get right to the Brood <laughs> episode <laughs> <little> one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Brood is a nightmare enough, but I don't know if it's as scary as freaking. Uh, uh, that kid, uh, reading those kitty books, man. Oh, that alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your boy, Paul Smith. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah he's Paul great. Smith I think he only has like a year run on that book, and will take us, or maybe two years, and he takes us up to uh to one seventy five, which I think is. I just hope if they ever make a Paul Smith movie, they don't feel compelled to make him white. I mean, <laughs> whoever the best actor is. I mean, <laughs> You know, he he gets to draw us through. I'm assuming he's white. Maybe he is. I'm assuming maybe he is. I just. Uh, I, I want to say he was at a con I was at. Um, I want to say he was at a con I was at, and I I don't know if I met him, but I saw him. So I'm gonna say yes to that. Uh, whiteness, yes. Um, but I'm, I definitely saw him at some point. I know I I know I saw him at some point. I'm assuming it's at a con. All right. So anyway, so we'll wrap this up. Uh, so we'll have that next Thursday night um, for, like, yeah, we'll get into the Brood Saga. Uh, beyond that, uh, let's see, we got Tampa Bay MegaCon coming up at the end of the month. Um, we should have a, a Brothers Comics podcast here coming up this weekend as well since we skipped one this past week. Um, and I think that's it. I don't think there was any other comics that came out, you know, you want to cop that copy of Champions? I can. We can do the review next week on this at the tail end of uh at this at this podcast, Brother Beavis. Um, my kids bought DC Rebirth, Teen Titans, and Supergirl. Uh, so we might I might delve into that if I ever have any time to actually read them. Uh, but yeah, that's about that. So, all right. So we'll wrap up uh this X Men podcast. Uh, Big Hutch still MIA. We don't know where he is, man. We, we know yeah, he petered out after who they were forty podcasts. Yeah, yeah, he had, no he had a lot of he had a lot of venom last night, man. A lot. Yeah, we all so, did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, we did. Uh, but we'll we'll wrap it up. And uh, like I said, you can subscribe to this podcast on uh, iTunes. You can find us out SoundCloud as well. Uh, leave us a note on what you think about the intro music. Uh, pick that intro music this week. Um, just because uh, I, I I like that Pride of the X Men cartoon. I watched it actually maybe on my phone during my lunch break today. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, so when I wasn't battling Twitter trolls. 
So um, y'all do that, and we'll thank y'all. Leave a review on uh, iTunes, uh, five-star reviews, three stars, two stars, whatever you think of the podcast. Let us know what you think. Um, But that's going to be it for tonight. I am the producer, and I am signing off. Uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off. I was like, all right, you dirty inhumans. We'll see y'all next week. (laughs) That's terrible. Uh, How biased am I, yeah. That's terrible. And uh, Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign off. I'll catch you guys next week. All right, y'all. Y'all take it easy. Enjoy the X-Men music on the uh, on the outro as well. Peace. Peace.